Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. All right, and we are on. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have a treat for you. I have Dr. Balanle here with us today. We are going to be talking all about anxiety. Um, So this is going to be very informative. Now, before I get started, I'll start with introductions. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine. I also do aesthetics. um, And with both modalities, my goal is to have my patients not only feeling good, but looking good. So let's get right to it. So Dr. Bolande Akinrombi is a board certified psychiatrist. She's the founder and CMO of Bright Minds MD, where she offers a unique and whole person approach to treatment of psychiatric conditions. She's also a speaker and a consultant. She's married with two children and loves exploring places and cultures via travel and lots of dancing. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Dr. Balamli, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's get right to it. So we're going to be talking about anxiety. So from from your perspective, what is it? Um, anxiety is a, uh, state of, uh, internal or physical discomfort, unease, restlessness. Um, it can be very fear and alarm based and can be experienced in, uh, two ways, uh, primarily internally. So as worrying, fear, anticipation, busy mind, or physically, which people would experience as heart pounding, sweating, shaking, pacing, the physical, um, experience of anxiety. So that is my understanding of anxiety. I love it. And um, just, you know, as an aside, how common is this? Um, It's quite uh, common in the general population. It's one of, as a psychiatrist, it's one of the more common diagnoses that people come to see me for. So something that happens um, frequently. I also want to always uh, mention that anxiety in and of itself can be a natural Um, experience of the um, human uh, person. So not all anxiety is bad anxiety. There is normal anxiety and there's disordered anxiety. I also always like to point out that um, anxiety when working in our uh, favor or as designed, well, not quite as designed, but as it should, is intended to preserve our survival. So say some danger was coming up, say you're running into an animal, uh, a car was coming fast at you, To preserve your life and survival, you should have immediate internal intense discomfort, internal physical discomfort, uh, and as well as physical discomfort that then gets you to act to get out of the way of danger. So anxiety, you know, as it is, is supposed to serve us and preserve our lives. So it's not a problem that way, but it becomes a problem when it's disordered. Uh, when it's at, when we're experiencing anxiety in a way that um, doesn't then serve to preserve our survival. And Dr. Uday, I like to really bring that up in like four categories just to simplify it for people that anxiety uh, is considered disordered. 
when um, it's the alarm systems are on all the time. So if your mind is busy, you're having that internal sense all the time, it then typically serves to stop you from enjoying your experience or living life. So that's disordered. Um, and that's the general anxiety population is what we'll call it when we meet people like that. For some people, their alarms are going off even after the danger is over. And we, we see that in the people we describe as the PTSD population. For some people, their alarm systems are going off all the time, everywhere, randomly and intensely. And we'll see that in the panic attack population. And a fourth group are people who their alarm systems are going off when there is no real threat or when the actual threat is exaggerated. And we see that in people we describe as the OCD population. So those are the disordered anxieties that bring people to care or cause concerns in lives when, when anxiety is not serving us. I love that breakdown. Thank you so much. That's really good. So I know you touched on it, but formally, what symptoms that um, people are looking out for with anxiety? So yeah, you're right. We did touch on that a little bit, and I, I break it down into um, there's a DSM criteria, but I prefer to stay off of that when we're talking about it generally. So I like to talk about it from what the person experiencing it might see. So. As the internal experience, it's the constant worrying about every little thing um, all the time, the mind being busy, feeling like you cannot rest or you cannot relax. And sometimes you know what you're worrying about. Sometimes you're not even sure. It just feels like something is foreboding, something is coming, and you are at alert. Your body cannot find a state of rest. That's the internal experience in terms of symptoms. The physical experience could be, you know, at peak, the heart pounding, hands shaking, people feeling restless, feeling like you need to move or run away, um, your breathing picking up. So those are the physical symptoms. And these things are happening either frequently enough to cause distress or impair your ability to function, whether at work, at home, or um, in your personal life, or you just cannot find rest. Right. Um, Right. That's a pretty um, complete list. That's awesome. Now, um, diagnosis. How do you diagnose this ailment? To di when a person comes, typically they are referred either from primary care or self-referred because uh, people, you know, are experiencing these things and they come. It's a clinical diagnosis. We run through a list of symptoms. You describe the a patient, you know, a person will describe the symptoms, we'll mark them down. We will note how it is impacting lives, whether this is causing you then to be angry at work or not be able to sleep. And so you're having several days of non-rest. Um, it's impacting your ability to function in your relationships. Uh, being angry, lashing out. We will uh, ask about all of these things, note them down, note the impact. And at the end of, you know, the interaction, we have a good idea whether a person meets criteria for, um, you know, anxiety disorders. And there are a broad category of them. Absolutely. So, and then how are they treated? Um, as far as I know, obviously with therapy or with medication. So if you could give us just the modalities available. 
So, yeah, thanks, Dr. Uday. So the, the broad categories are either with medications, therapy, or a combination of both. There's good data for either or and a combination. In terms of the medicines, the um, categories of medicines we typically use for anxiety for vast majority of people would be the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs. Those are the Zoloft, Paxil, Prozacs that people have heard often about that great at treating anxiety, or the SNRIs, which are the selective serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. And the big difference is that one does both the serotonin and norepi, you know, one does just the serotonin in terms of looking at what they impact. Those are the broad categories um, of medicines that we use for daily treatment. Occasionally, um, when people are so distressed by the time we see them, they may need things to rescue them. Uh, temporarily until these SSRIs and SNRIs kick in because it takes weeks usually for the SSRIs and SNRIs to have good effects. So we might use things um, for rescue such as beta blockers. Uh, Propranolol is a popular one and some of the other beta blockers. And you'll remember that I mentioned that the goal of um, anxiety is to preserve us. So usually when anxiety is happening, there's a lot of adrenaline release that leads to the physical symptoms that we have. So the beta blockers like propranolol, who started out their, those medicine categories started out their lives as blood pressure and heart rate meds, but they can serve a person who is also anxious and having their heart rate up, pressure up in the interim until we have the, you know, standard SSRIs and SNRIs start working properly. Uh, we may use like alpha agonists in some cases, especially if sleep is impaired. A lot of people who are anxious don't sleep well because their mind is just going and buzzing at night. So we may use alpha agonists as medication treatments. Benzodiazepines used to be very popular um, in the past. Many psychiatrists are moving away from using benzodiazepines just because of the many problems that tend to happen long term. With long term use, you know, such as cognitive impairments for people who are advanced in age. Um, we're also looking at potential for addiction tendencies, depending on, you know, length of use and how it's being used. So we're moving away from that, but we still do use them if it's appropriate in a situation. So those are meds. In terms of therapies, the um, classic and standard types of therapy that would be recommended and studied with, you know, data backed for anxiety would be cognitive behavioral therapy. And simply uh, cognitive, you know, refers to the mind. Behavior refers to the actions. Essentially, cognitive behavioral therapy looks at how the thoughts we have uh, influence the actions we do or don't take, and then teaches us how to use one to influence the other to reduce um, our experience of anxiety. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure very helpful. You've heard it, there's treatment out there for anxiety. Um, and I always give a disclaimer with our um, videos that um, even though we're physicians, we are not your personal physician. So if um, you certainly have concerns or require treatment and evaluation, please definitely seek um, help um, with your personal physician and get evaluated and treated. Now we're actually going to um, switch gears and this is going to be more about you. So this question... Okay ask um my a guest so and it's what why do you do what you do doc so why do you why do I do what I do interesting question mm -hmm. I would say I I guess I could be I'm a doctor I could be any kind of doctor but I'm a psychiatrist because I enjoy the vast opportunities to connect with people 
I'd say psychiatry is probably one of the few subspecialties where you can sit for an hour <laughs> with a patient and learn all about them and have a true impact on all other areas of their lives, not their physical health. I think family, well, family care <laughs> don't have the time that we do, but I think you also do look at people broadly. So I would say I do what I do because it, I love connecting with people and psychiatry allows me to do that. That is awesome. That is, they're definitely lucky to have. And then one more, um, and this one is completely different. Oh. Um, and this question is, um, if you had an opportunity to meet your 20-year-old self with all the experiences that you've had thus far, what would you say to your 20-year-old self or what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I would tell myself not to worry. Um, I, I remember as a 20-year-old, there was a lot of worries about the future. What will I be? Will I have you know, a partner? Will I have children? Will I be successful in my career? And you know, I think the 20s were filled with that. If I spoke to myself now, I would tell myself to feel confident being different and not to worry that things will come together. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Because I, I always ask there might be somebody in the same position that could benefit from that. So guys, you've heard it. So Dr. Balanley, if there's anybody that is looking um, to connect with you, look you up, where can they go? Um, currently, I'm on social media as Dr. underscore Balanley. That's D-R underscore B-O-L-A-N-L-E, as well as TikTok with the same link as well, where I share um, information about um, mental health topics. For people who are looking to connect with us in New Jersey and New York for psychiatric care, we are at brightmindsmd.com. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-M-I-N-D-S.com, where you can schedule an appointment online to connect with us. Yeah, so guys, there you have it. And we'll try to include that information also um, with the release of this. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Balanley. And for those of you out there that are looking for a primary care physician, um, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Med Medicine. And you can reach us online at www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. Um, and our phone number is 304-350-1087. So you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us. And Dr. Balanli, thank you again. Thank, thank you, Dr. Uday. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it, and your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week, and have a great rest of your week.